The Plan with Callahan podcast is brought to you by Kirby Callahan Wealth, a practice of Northeast Planning Associates. Financial planning is hard. Let them make it easy, one step at a time. Financial planning offered through Northeast Planning Associates, a registered investment advisor. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. Northeast Planning and LPL are not affiliated. Now, on with the show. Let me have your attention for a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about... Mm, Money, money, money. Ah, high finance. (laughs) Bulls, bears, people from Connecticut. That's as good as money, sir. Those are IOUs. I'm Tommy Callahan, Big Tom Callahan's son. You like Huey Lewis on the news? Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Plan with Callahan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Callahan. Hope you all had a great week. I'm excited because today we're going to take this podcast down a little bit of a different path. You know, the Plan with Callahan podcast is certainly a financial planning podcast where we also talk about money and investing, but money and investing almost touches everything. And in today's episode, we're talking to someone who I find very intriguing. This person and I connected via social media as this person covers college basketball, specifically the Division I colleges in Rhode Island. That would be URI, Brown, Providence College, and of course, my Bulldog, baby. We had the chance to connect in person briefly uh, at the Bryant-Towson game back in December of last year. And the more I found out what he was doing, the more it impressed me. This podcast focuses on money and investing, but it also focuses on risk takers, startup founders, small business owners, movers and shakers. And I have to say that today's guest, Nathan Mook, is certainly a mover and a shaker. Nathan Mook is a business owner, educator, sports media specialist for the Rhodey Vault. He received his BA in history and education from the University of Rhode Island, He's also earned his master's in education leadership from Concordia University. He specializes in evaluation services in the behavioral health field. He's going to touch on that here a little bit, but we're also very interested in finding out more about Rhodey Vault and this sports media company that, again, is focusing on college basketball in the Northeast. Nathan, thanks for taking the time out of your insane schedule, and uh, welcome to the Plan with Callahan podcast, my man. Hey, thank you for, you know, thank you for inviting me. It's uh I'm excited. Tell yeah. my story a little bit. I uh, I briefly explained it on the intro, but yeah, we literally got connected because you cover Bryant basketball. And that's obviously a huge, huge passion of mine being an alumni. And we then had the chance to connect at a game. I actually saw you at the Bryant Towson game when I was with my son and I walked up and I was like, hey, dude, I'm the guy from Instagram, Ryan <laughs> Callahan, who's been messaging you. <laughs> Like what's going on? I'm surprised you didn't run away from me, but um, yeah, I just it was it was cool to see what you're doing, and then I found out more about your story, and with the podcast that I'm doing, yeah, it's on money and investing, but it's also on business owners and entrepreneurship and movers and shakers, and that's what I think of, you know, when I think of you. So, you know, I guess to start today, if you're okay with it, like take us from the beginning, what you actually 
do for a living, but how that's kind of morphed into this new endeavor for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, you know, my, I call it my day job, um, obviously is, you know, I, I actually own my own business. I'm a sole proprietor, but I work in the valuation services, uh, predominantly with federal grants. So I, you know, live in Montreal now. Uh, but for the last three years prior to the move, I lived in Saipan. Uh, my wife is from Saipan, uh, Northern Mariana Islands, U.S. territory. Some people are familiar with Guam. It's about, you know, I would say a 30-minute plane ride uh, from Guam. And, you know, I work there, I work with my brother-in-law. So we do a lot of behavioral health grants. Uh, they need to have a, basically every grant needs to hire uh, an external evaluator, uh, create data tools, assess the data, help them with federal reporting. So that's something I, you know, I did for about a couple of years after teaching uh, for 10 years. Uh, this is kind of like my second career and then COVID hit. And obviously as a contractor, you know, you don't have many guarantees. Uh, and so because of that, things needed to shift a little bit. And, you know, especially in the Pacific, you know, you can't just go digital uh, when you're dealing with, you know, different islands, different groups of people, you know, the infrastructure isn't necessarily there. Uh, and so because of that, you know, my, my wife had gotten a job in, uh, in Montreal. Uh, we made the move here to Canada. And then once COVID, uh, you know, kind of settled down some of the restrictions, we were able to kind of morph the business a little bit more online eventually. Uh, mm -hmm. So I do a lot of traveling, but that kind of is, you know, obviously, you know, you had mentioned that's where we connected, obviously, with what I'm doing with the sports media. Uh, but since I was working from home, I really just needed a creative outlet. Uh, yeah. And so I just opened up an old Twitter account I never used and said, all right, uh, you know, <laughs> let's start, you know, pulling out some old videos. And that's kind of how it started. That's awesome. I mean, I, again, I'm the reason why I'm such a Bryant nerd is because I look at Bryant now as they actually they just celebrated their 160th anniversary this year. And so they're certainly not new. But with the move they made, so when I was there is when we went to Vision One, and now they've really just like taken this huge step over the last kind of ten years, um, with you know moving up tremendously in men's basketball, football, lacrosse, baseball. They have phenomenal athletic programs. They've you know added on new buildings, new majors, all those things. So I kind of look at them as like a small business, and I like that because I like seeing something on the ground floor and then watching it grow. And looking at you, I, I kind of see the same thing. And I'm doing it myself personally with my business. I'm a sole proprietor as well. And I totally get where you're coming from with all that. And I just think it's cool that you didn't sit on your hands when COVID happened. You decided to run with an idea. And just to give the viewers you know, an idea of how quickly you've grown. So when did you actually start Roadie Vault? Do you know like around what time? Uh, I want to say so. You know, I kind of started, you know, I actually started as a, I think my line was, uh, or my Twitter handle was URI analyst, right? For a month. And that was no, absolutely no vision. This was, you know, coaching search. They're about to fire a coach. Yeah. Um, you know, really wasn't doing much. So I think like when I actually decided on like roadie vault and actually something that I was going to continue doing consistently, uh, I had no idea how long, but I think that was, I want to say April, uh, end of March, or, or in the middle of March. Yeah, it was March of last year. So I'm probably oh, coming oh, up last year, probably coming up on one year of wow. of so doing that's even more thing. impressive because you've been doing it for a year. And just so the listeners know, this guy has already interviewed Lamar Odom. Got Lamar on the no look and Lamar Odom. 
go to the line looking for the three-point play. Katino Mobley. 18,000 plus standing at the Toyota Center as Mobley goes all the way. Marcus Camby. Now Marcus Camby's got four, uh, 15 points in 14 minutes. The ball. Larry Farmer. But Scottsdale, <laughs> and right into your heart here at Pauly, Larry Farmer. Larry, Larry. Sean Miller, who's the current head coach at Xavier. Mark Lyons was called for a double dribble. Sean Miller took exception, got hit up with the tee. And most recently, you had Mike Krzyzewski on. That makes Krzyzewski the all-time winningest coach in Division One history. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. insane, dude. No, I know. And you know, it really, it's, it's funny. Again, I would have never even dreamed of it. Cause like I said, my vision, you know, I, I think, you know, you're probably familiar with this and any good, you know, uh, I don't know, whether it be business order, if you're going to start up something, even if it's a hobby, right. You kind of have to have that. Why, you know, why are you doing it? You know, for me, I think once I started getting some traction with, again, I started by just pulling out some old clips I had kind of had this archive of old videos. And I realized, you know, I graduated high school in 2005 and, you know, similar to you in terms of our age and, you know, the guys we grew up watching is before the social media age. So what I was finding was I would pull out these clips. And then if I reached out to some of these guys, of course, they wanted to talk about it. You know, it's almost like even if they're head coaches now, you know, it's like, I got to show my players, I'm always telling them how good I was, you know, you finally showed me that clip. So it kind of, you know, it hits them in a in a positive way. And my first kind of why, I think, which allowed me to get to, you know, a lot of the players or coaches you had mentioned was, you know, growing up at URI, I knew there was a lot of great players there that never really were honored. So yeah. for Katino Mobley, you know, Tom Garrick, who's a Rhode Island legend. I know Tom Garrick, actually, he was going to go to Bryant when it was a D2 school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to West Warwick High School. But I found a lot of these old highlights of him, you know, and, and I had reached out and he saw it and he loved it. So what I basically said was I'm going to have these guys tell their story while mixing in these clips and do it in a very, you know, short form for Twitter. Yeah. And people, yeah, people loved it. And then for me, it just became a, you know, something where I said, okay, I want to tell these stories of kind of the late eighties, the nineties. And people, like I said, the players really gravitated towards it. And, you know, I think with, in any business, it's all about trust. Right. And I think very early on, I kind of gained the trust of these guys. And because I could reminisce with them because I'm a little bit older. A lot of people I think who are in this kind of new media space, they call it are, you know, 20, 18 to 25. So sure. being 36, I think my knowledge of, you know, just college hoops and kind of the moments they had uh, resonated with them. And, you know, the coach K, especially that was just, you know, I was doing something on coach Cheney and I had talked to Phil Martelli, uh, you know, obviously father of current Phil Martelli and Bryant and, Al Skinner, Katina Mobley. And I just reached out to his manager and coach K I knew he loved John Chaney and he said, all right, let's do it. Um, so yeah, really just kind of having that why in relationships have, have led me in the right direction for sure. Well, and those are posts and interviews and, you know, everything that you're doing that are going to take you to the next level. I mean, Katina Mobley alone has a huge following on social media. So if he's reposting, you know, your, your conversation, that's allowing you to get more followers, all that. And I just think, again, it's, there's so much bad with social media. Catch me outside, how about that? That we don't have to go through today. (laughs) But like, you're the good part of it. You know what I mean? Again, a guy who had an idea, ran with it, and within a year was getting Mike Krzyzewski 
to sit down and have a conversation with you, I think is pretty wild. Um, So again, like that's where I I think you're a good fit to have on, you know, this podcast because you've invested in this business, whether Rody Vault has an LLC or not, you know, I'm not sure, but you're making trips from down to Rhode Island. We're off on the road to Rhode Island. On a somewhat pretty frequent basis. You're married. You have what? Four boys, four kids, two girls and two boys, okay. all under all under seven. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I can relate. I have three boys, all under five. Yeah. And I think my wife would have my head on a spit if I was doing that. So, kudos to your wife. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. For for helping you out with that. But again, you know, you you now have access. You now have credentials. You're talking to these head coaches, which you know, a guy like Phil Martelli Jr. Um, super sharp, obviously, you know, pedigree in college basketball through his dad, someone who's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon in terms of coaching, you could take that relationship for years. You know what I mean? And, and that's the way that you can look at it too, is, you know, what's the next step and how do, how have these opportunities so far maybe changed your original vision to what was a hobby to now what may end up being the main source of putting food on your table? You know what I mean? Who knows? Right. Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And I think too, that was a shift for me personally, because you know, especially in the Twitter landscape, and some people, you know, especially younger, you know, they might think obviously like Instagram, you have Instagram, you have uh oh gosh, now I'm really aging myself. Um the most popular one, TikTok, sorry. <laughs> uh, but for you know, as you know, for college basketball and kind of for analysis and sports, Twitter is really the place where most, even in terms of analysts and journalists, that's that's where you go. You know, that's where you have a lot of the dialogue, um, especially. And what I was, you know, what I realized early, especially with what I was doing and commenting on. And once I started getting some of these coaches, I realized because I had the trust of coaches, I had to either shift and I could really have it become more of a credible source, or I could be, you know, kind of a Twitter fan who gets a lot of likes or, you know, gets a lot of views, you know, tries to get under people's skin but you couldn't really do both if I'm sitting down with, let's say, you know, the head woman's coach at URI, if I'm with Phil Martelli uh, and even, you know, Jeff Battle, who's the associate head coach at Providence, mm-hmm. who, again, I was considered really kind of a URI guy, but because I had made connections with him and because I, you know, I basically had this idea of, you know, let's just do a weekly segment, you know, with right. Ryan, give me a new player with Pete, with Providence every two weeks I'm sitting down with the coach. So it kind of legitimized what I was doing. But with that, especially in the social media age, you know, I had to make sure, okay, I'm, I'm responsible with them because they're repu- they're putting their reputation on the line for someone who, you know, I've been only doing it for a couple months at the time. Uh, yeah. And I think that, I think that's important in any, you know, in any business is if, you know, what you're going to do, you know, if you set your mind to it, well, now you have some responsibility, especially in today's world where, you know, you, you, you take a wrong step. You know, if I say something wrong on Twitter, it really could kind of crush all those relationships. So I'm very kind of aware of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing too, with college basketball, whether you knew this or not, before you started it, you know, the Northeast, there's such a web of connections of coaches that have started here that are now at major programs. I mean, not that it's a major, major program, but like the interview you did with Pat Scary, that was awesome. And, you know, he's a guy who I believe he coached at both URI and PC, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yep. You, know, you already mentioned Skinner and the connections with Cheney and how that got you to get with Shashevsky. You know, all these guys and gals with women's basketball as well, a lot of them started kind of in this area. And, uh, you know, and, and again, you can somewhat leverage that. Um, so, I, again, I just think it's awesome. Um, yeah. An example, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, go right ahead, man. No. no, of kind of that, you know, of that web, which is kind of fascinating too. It's like today, so I sat down with uh, Peter Vesey. I don't know if you remember him, but he was – you know, he was the main NBA New York Post columnist. If you saw him, you would remember. Yeah. Uh, on NBA, you know, NBA on NBC. He's a Hall of Fame journalist. So I was talking he, to him today, you know, because I've kind of gotten into the NBA a little bit. And Dan Shaughnessy, you know, Boston oh, sure. Globe. Yeah. So I talked to him the other day as well. And all of a sudden, in just in terms of those connections, you know, they're asking me about, oh, you talked to Al Skinner. Can you, you know, tell him I said hi? And here again, I'm someone who <laughs> really just started this. But again, it's the beauty of in any business or anything you do of again relationships yeah. um and like you said yeah the northeast i mean it's such a rich college basketball you know i know the pro sports get more of the attention obviously um but you know there's yeah there's a huge web especially with providence you look at the 60s and 70s but anyways yeah to your point it's you know once you make those connections and people trust you it's gotten very easy kind of to have people come and talk to you because they kind of want to tell their story and again they trust you well, college basketball and even obviously college football are kind of the two leaders in this, but NIL is changing everything, right? So I'm actually hoping to have a future episode, which I think I'll be able to do, uh, to talk about NIL um, with some athletic directors. And just because, again, like I always use the example, I was a, you know, bum Division two football player, but I was at Bryant when we went Division one, right? Um, so at least I can say that I played Division One football for a season. You know what I mean? Did Rocket High School football. You want to check tape? Um, but it was cool to be at Bryant when they made that transition because nobody thought that we were going to have any success. And we ended up going seven and four and had a great season. We beat every school in Pennsylvania that we played. I mean, no one thought that that was going to happen. And now you look, you know, 15 years later. And yeah, I would have never been recruited by Bryant today to play. They They get phenomenal talent. And it's something where NIL is also changing that. I mean, even if you're not, you know, a major university like on the football side in Alabama or on the college basketball side, of, you know, a Texas or whoever, if if a school had offered me as a kid $10,000 to go to their school when I was 18 years old, I would have thought that that was a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like oh, at 18 years old, you just have a totally different perspective. And I'm wondering, too, how like that also ties to your world with content and exposure, even with what I'm seeing with some of the players now at Bryant, whether they're barstool athletes, whether they're uh, getting NIL through different programs. I mean, how do you see that also impacting the media side of college athletics? Yeah, I, th I think it's huge. So, you know, to give you an example, because I, you know, I felt like I, you know, I don't want to say trickled into it, but with URI, for instance, you know, I had a couple, you know, relationships with some of the new recruits, some of the parents, you know, and you or I at the time, you know, they don't have a big NIL for, for basketball or football NIL program. I think they just launched an NIL platform. Um, so, you know, it really was, I was kind of just helping them create some merchandise, which again, is a very small, right. You know, everyone and every kid wants to create their own t-shirt outside <laughs> of family and friends. It, it's hard for that to maintain. Right. But it was at least in a platform for guys to, whether it be express their creativity or even, like you said, I mean, even $500,000 a month as a college student, that's huge, you know, sure. especially in, still in today's day and age as a college, especially as a college athlete. 
So I do think it's impacting, especially I would say in regards to the power that players have and the exposure that they desire. So for example, if I'm going to sit and do an interview with an individual, right, who has an NIL, I've, I've started to say this now, if he has an NIL deal and he wants to promote that because I don't have, I'm not glued to anything. I, you know, I'm not, I'm my own company. So if he wants to do that, go ahead. And the more you support it, even if that player doesn't have an NIL deal in place or he doesn't want to talk about it yet, the fact that that player knows that I'm on kind of the side of, Hey, I'll, I'll promote you when it's time. Right. I think they, they enjoy that. Yeah. And I also think coaches who tend to be a little more or, maybe 10 years ago, a little more strict in terms of how players talk to media. I don't think that's the same now, you know, and that's where I feel like I've really tried to find my niche is if I can get in with the coaches, you know, the coaches know that players want exposure. So I, they're more willing to give me players to whether it be bring on to have an interview, you know, or again, kind of help them promote their program. And I would say also along with NIL, that's helping Brian, some of these, you know, smaller schools, even a school like you or I, even PC as well as, you know, again, PC is doing great things. Uh, but even within the big East in terms of resources, they're still catching up is the fact of, you know, the way media, the way we consume, even watching sports, right. I mean, ESPN plus, I mean, you know, like, I mean, I can sit on, you know, a Metro in Montreal and I can watch Bryant play Albany. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's amazing. No longer do you have to go to a school because you want your family to see you. You can go to any school right now in America and your family, if they have any kind of streaming platform, can watch you play. And I think that that and NIL allows, and obviously a great recruiter talking about Grasso and obviously Bryant, you package that together and you know Bryant no longer is out of the question. Of, oh, why would I go to Bryant? Well, I go to Bryant, they get as much exposure on Barstool Sports as many other programs. So it's, it's a whole different ball game. And obviously NIL is a huge part of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you make a great point. I watch a ton of ESPN plus cause I'm a Bryant nerd, but I've also found myself now watching other random games that are really good. You know, mid-major basketball is a great product. Um, even FCS football is a great product. And I think you're seeing it now, especially with basketball, a little bit different for football because of the physicality of the sport, but with uh, basketball, the parody is absurd. Right. It's this this tournament this year. I have no idea who's taken home the national championship. There, right. There's there is so much parity. Um, and I think that that's a good thing. I think a lot of folks are getting sick of like, hey, I grew up a Patriots fan being from New England. Right. I can totally understand why people hated us because we had won so much and you just get sick of it and you're looking for somebody else to win. And I think people feel the same way, you know, even with college football. Nobody really likes Alabama unless you live in Alabama, right? So they just they're sick of seeing the Clemson's, Alabama's, Ohio State's dominate. They want to see these new teams get in. And the investments that these schools are making in their facilities are pretty tremendous. I mean, some examples I always use are what Sacred Heart just did with their hockey arena uh in Fairfield. They just finished a $70 million facility. Bryant's gonna have their brand new basketball arena go up here. Hopefully they break ground at the end of this year. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see. And again, I, I just relate that kind of to what you're doing, um, and, and, and all the success that you've had, um, in terms of, again, long-term, you know, where you are right now, I feel like you didn't think you'd be here this quick <laughs> in such a short amount of time. And who knows that can compound, right. Um, what are your goals for the future when it comes to Rody Vault? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's interesting. I think I might, you know, I've, 
the last couple months, you know, for me, even personally, it kind of was this battle of it was becoming a job, uh, <laughs> especially, you know, even in terms of expectations of, you know, even some of the coaches, uh, not just fan bases, but even some of the coaches in terms of content I put out, I kind of had this. And some of it was my own, like, okay, I need to put this out. I need to report. Yeah. Uh, and that I was finding, okay, this wasn't as enjoyable because again, I had, I think, you know, in terms of monetization, I didn't know it was like, you know, I going to advertise. I got a, some advertisers, but because I don't live in Rhode Island, I can't really go to businesses and ask. I haven't had that opportunity yet because again, it's, it's very new. Um, so for me, I think long-term, you know, my goal, I would say four months ago was to be a fully credentialed outlet, which I've been able to achieve. So within the Atlantic 10 and Big East, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's local or not. I, I pretty much have a credential. So that was my first. But again, now, okay, I'm in Montreal. I can't really, can't really take advantage of that, right? You know, I can't take advantage of that. So I know with the amount of work, obviously, that I'm putting in, I think my goal right now is just to continue to build, build the relationships. And I'm starting to see some opportunities to almost join forces with some other media outlets that already have a, you know, streamlined, you know, revenue uh, stream, I should say. Uh, so I think that, I think one of my goals would be almost to be a freelance content creator for maybe a, an established company also help. Uh, I, I've a lot of journalists who, you know, are older than me see what I do and it's hard for them to create graphics right? Or to make their Zooms look a little nicer or that how quick I get content out. So to work with, you know, someone who maybe is a lot, obviously a lot more established, that's something too, that I feel like may be a goal of mine, but I still don't, to be honest, you know, Ryan, I don't have a huge plan in terms of, okay, how, what do I want to do with this? I just know if I continue at this pace, you know, I think I, I need to monetize it yeah. um, or else it turns into a hobby. And then I really just, I don't really report. I don't do weekly segments with coaches. It's more just, you know, I create content when I want to. Uh, but I, but I definitely think I, I've made a dent, especially in Rhode Island and especially with Twitter, in terms of what I'm able to do. And I've had a couple coaches ask me, you know, could you do Providence women's basketball, Bryant's women's basketball? I yeah. see what you do for the URI women. Could you help us out? So I think in those conversations after this off season, because again, this is my first year doing it in season. It really is. Yeah. Um, I think talking to ADs and maybe even creating a a platform where I do these interviews, but they get the advertisers and maybe we can, you know, split revenue because right now, really, I'm giving free advertising for a lot of these programs. Seriously. You know, I mean, I really am. And I don't mind it. It's growing my platform. But I think eventually after this offseason, that's something I want to do is to kind of monetize it. And, and it may be kind of, you know, being not hired. Uh, but kind of attaching myself to a bigger company that already has that revenue stream. Now I'm assuming there are companies that are already out there that even if you didn't merge with a larger entity that you can reach out to, to say, Hey, I have X amount of followers. I've done this for a year or so have really good relationships, got all my credentials, all that, which I'm actually, don't let me forget. I'm curious on that process, like how you get credentials for the A10 and biggest if you can share it. But when it comes to the companies that I'm mentioning, there's gotta be ones out there that do a lot of that work for you in terms of helping you get the advertisers, all that. Maybe you have to pay for that, or maybe it's a revenue share uh, that they do on that. I mean, have you looked into anything? I haven't, no, I haven't really looked into that. Uh, 
so I, I have had a couple of, I don't want to, I could, I guess startup, but kind of social media platforms that, you know, had, I had noticed, you know, decent amount of followers that said, Hey, if you join with us, you know, we'll help you publish the articles, right? We will, we'll have the platform. We'll do all the podcast stuff for you. Uh, and, but then as I invested, looked more into that, the revenue share was really just, it was very minimal. And I also realized that I had a much farther reach really mm-hmm. than, than they did. Right. So in terms of the bigger companies or some bigger people, I would like to say, you know, especially online platforms in the college sports world, I'm not sure exactly how, you know, how that would work or yeah. what that would look like. Um, so that is again, something I, and again, cause I, four months ago, even, you know, I, I wouldn't think I would be having this conversation at all in terms of how to monetize it. You know, part of me is like, oh, I wish I started this one, you know, out of college. I feel like I really could have, you know, done, you know, this is my passion. Yeah. Uh, but I also know I'm not also ready to leave what I, you know, what I have <laughs> yeah, to go yeah. all in because again, I, you know, I've got four kids and I'm a little bit older. Um, but I, I do think it's something that I know I, I could monetize. Uh, and in terms of the press pass really, again, goes back to relationships. For instance, the A10, I had started the A10 vault. I had a biggies vault. I kind of spread my wings a little bit. And so for the Atlantic 10, I had reached out to each AD of the Atlantic 10 programs. And I, I interviewed 10 of the head coaches before the season started. And again, short form, it wasn't a podcast. Um, eight, nine minutes, I put it out and they, they liked, they enjoyed the attention, you know? And again, it wasn't any big attention, but it was, it was quick. I wasn't consuming so much of their time. And because I had previously, you know, highlighted the program through 1998 sports center highlights, like George Washington, St. George, you know, these programs too, even in Atlantic 10, I mean, it's a really good mid major, but they still don't have a lot of workforce. They still don't do the greatest job of marketing themselves. So I think just breaking into that, once I established that, then it was kind of a clear cut. You know, when I asked for the media credentials, they said, of course you can have that. Mm -hmm. Um, same with Providence. It's once I, you know, coach battle said, you know, he'd do this weekly thing for me. You know, it was a no brainer. They said, okay, of course you, you, here you go. You have a media credential. Um, and that's when I started covering them. And, and that was for me, you know, on a personal, it was kind of my, what I was, most, <laughs> what I was most excited about because I knew, and I went through a couple months of just, you know, you know, doing some PC stuff and people just kind of nailing me like, come on, man, you're a URI guy. And you're I right. feel like I've fully gotten out of that you know, where I'm not considered, even though it's roadie vault, I mean, the stuff I do with Bryant and Providence and Brown, I'm not, you know, I didn't pigeonhole myself as a URI person. I did in the beginning, but not anymore. And that breakthrough for me was when I realized, okay, I can do, I, this can be bigger if I want it to be. Well, I gotta be honest, I man, even with the logo, even having the URI colors and it being roadie vault, I don't think of you though as solely URI. I yeah. think of you as Rhode Island basketball you know, Island division one basketball. And yeah, I mean, you know, I used to go out, I, I came up in a PC family. Um, my cousin, who's more like my aunt, she's in her late sixties, never been married, no kids. So she's kind of like a second mom to me, uh, goes to church seven days a week. So she loved the Friars, right? She was one of those women who would go to all the games and she still has season tickets. She's been a ticket holder for almost 50 years. And, you know, we would go to those games and I just remember the civic center, you know, rocking and all that. And then there was a lull there for a little while. And now I know it's called the Amica Pavilion, but I still think of it as the dunk, you know, because Dunkin' Donuts had it for so long. But to watch that experience now, I mean, Providence College has become nationally known as one of the best in-game experiences, I think, in the country. 
I mean, because they're getting what twelve thousand in that arena for a game. Yeah, and 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 in this day and age, what's so impressive too is their student section. You know, I mean, yeah. it's especially post COVID, but it's hard to get kids to go to games. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, sadly, you know, it, it really is. So yeah, I mean, they have an amazing, obviously amazing thing going on. I mean, I mean, even and it's actually funny too in terms of you know you talk about we earlier you know our why or the purpose. Obviously, it started kind of as you know I want to get these URI guys. I wanted to get their numbers retired. You know. The, the Mobley is the greens, all that, which they actually are retiring their numbers. I like to think I had a little bit to do with that. I put a little pressure on yeah. kind of the administration, but for me, um, you know, I think I just lost my train of thought. Oh, the oh, sorry, the the even like going into the PC, the logo, right? So that's something yeah, you know. Yeah. I wish even now, right? Because it's Rody Vault and it's hard to change your Twitter handle. But I've, you know, I've had a lot of people say, especially early on now, they've kind of accepted it, but like, stop using the Rody name. You might as well be Bryant Vault. I've had people say, yeah, you should be PC Vault. <laughs> so I feel like I'm doing something right if everyone's a little bit upset. But, um, you know, I, that is something I, I got to think, okay, do I have to change that Rody part? Uh, but I think, you know, I think it's fine. And to be honest, Rhode Island, especially the men's program, they were probably the most resistant to, access which is so funny it's kind of the thing you want and that led me though to brian to Providence. Yeah. so it was actually you know a blessing in disguise i gotta say man i love the shade that's getting thrown brian's way because again i understand they're not beating providence college right now or anything like that but they're the little engine that could right now and and the big boys like pc and uri they're not happy about it they don't wow. you know what i mean they don't and now once Bryant builds that arena and they start getting a little bit of a following and NIL and all that, I mean, you know, sky's the limit for these kind of schools. And again, oh, I think that watching that growth is really cool. So um, again, thank you, man, for hopping on. I'll, I'll say this, uh, when you make it big, when you make it to ESPN or you make it to Barstool or whatever, don't forget the little guys. We'd love to have you come back on the podcast again sometime. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, I'm sure I'll probably see you uh, at a game here uh, sometime because we got I actually we do have a minute left. I I am curious because we've been we've messaged here or there it was looking kind of grim for Bryant there for a little while. But now they're coming back. they got three straight wins now, which is great. Um, I'll actually be it's going to be me, my wife and a few of my buddies who didn't even go to Bryant, they've turned into Bryant fans because I'm such a psychopath for them. <laughs> but um, we're going to go to the Vermont game uh, at the end of the month. But I'm curious, who do you think comes out of the America East? Honestly, I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Bryant playing at Vermont. And yeah. I, I'm pulling, I'm pulling for Bryant. I just, yeah. but I, you know, I, I think they have a good, good enough chance. I think, Lowell, I think if they can get in a position where they host a game and especially if they, you know, could avoid Lowell, I do think Lowell is a tough matchup for them. Just, mm -hmm. but I do think they have a shot. The only, the, obviously the big thing of that little bit of losing streak was obviously that I feel like they're going to have to go to Burlington and, you know, I'm close to Burlington. I went to the game Brown versus Bryant. I mean, sorry, Brown versus Vermont. And it's a tough place to play, but they have the talent. I think. I think I think it looked a little grim too because you know Gross Bullock missed that game, so they had those two blowouts in a row. Yeah. But now you see them together, and it's they have the most talent out of any team. It's just going to be can they can they click can they connect? But oh yeah, I mean that's that's the nerd in me. I'm watching uh, Vermont Maine the other night, 
just because I want to see Vermont. And yeah. I want to see Brian has more talent than this team. But again, this is their first year playing together. You know, these guys at Vermont have been together for a long time and they are very well coached. And I do think the toughest matchup, no doubt, is Lowell. I don't want to see Lowell in the playoffs, but that's probably going to be in the tournament. That's probably going to be inevitable. But I actually, if it comes down to Vermont, Brian, I don't really care where they play. I think that that's actually, they can do it. They could pull that off. If they got to play Lowell, I think that that's a tough match for them. Yeah. So, but yeah, and you never know how they could be the fourth fourth team and end up playing Vermont in the semis and getting that win and may not have to see Lowell at least to the finals. I mean, that's what's crazy about. I mean, you know, especially this conference. I mean, I, there's no rhyme or reason right now in terms of who beats who. Lowell looks dominant, and then they lose to Albany, and then Bryant beats Albany by 80 last night. You know, it's yeah. I mean, Maine blew out UMBC by like almost 30 points. Yeah, so, like no one saw that coming. I mean, UMBC was four and a half point favorites. Yeah. So, but hey, hey, Brian Brown, PC, and then say tourney could happen. Brown's rolling too. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Brown schooled Brian. Brown. Brown's got a good team. They're going to have to take down, you know, Princeton and Cornell and those schools. But they've got a good, and they're another well-coached team. So, yeah. I mean, again, I'm going to end where I started and just saying, you know, super impressive to see what you've done so far. Keep it up, man. Keep chasing that dream. You're doing a great job. And uh, again, maybe down the road. We'll have you on the podcast when I can. Uh, well, it'll probably that it'll probably be very hard to get in touch with you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Don't worry. <laughs> well, hey, man, congrats again and thanks again for the time. Definitely appreciate it. Great guy. Well, I certainly hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, reach out to us with questions, content ideas, topics, recommendations, and everything in between. Above all else, make sure you avoid the noise, stay on your plan, and never stop learning. Until next time, folks, take care.